pick one use case, pick one buyer type, pick one segment, meaning small, medium, or large, one motion, enterprise or PLG, one geography, one industry. That's where you start. Alex, I am so excited to have you here on Leadtail TV. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I, I'm, I'm really excited to do this with you. Thank you. Oh, thanks for the invite. I'm excited to, to talk. Cool. Well, let's jump in. Uh, you know, I talked to, talk to you a little bit about your, your uh, mechanical engineering background, which is uh, super neat. And I want to talk to you about how you have uh, really just shaped your experience um, as, as a mechanical engineer. Uh, you know, you're starting as a marketing leader, then CMO, and now a C CEO. How does the mechanical engineering background play into all of those things and leading up to today? How do you see that, that playing out? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not the most usual path on the road to CMO and CEO, but somehow it makes a ton of sense for me um, I, as a young guy, I really liked building stuff and inventing and solving problems. And, you know, I, I pursued engineering because, well, my dad was an engineer. I really looked up to him and I thought, oh gosh, I want to be like my dad. And then I got into electrical engineering of all things. And then after my first circuits class decided mechanical is the way to go. I look kind of like physical things more. And so what I found though, is like, Engineering education is pretty valuable because you can apply it pretty much anywhere. It's the idea to, of breaking out down gnarly problems in a methodical way, you know, starting with your objective of the problem you're trying to solve. You state your facts, you list your assumptions, you get to result, you test the result, make sure that it fit your initial, you know, idea or hypothesis. And so it's a mixture of like the scientific process with problem solving and math and a bunch of other things. Um, but I actually was like a little bit more drawn to the creation side of engineering. Um, so I took a couple detours. Uh, detour number one was about identity. So I didn't feel like I fit in with the other mechanical engineers. Um, they're fine people, but Socially, just that's not where I gelled. And so it turned out that like, you know, I'm, I'm a son of an immigrant and my mom's from here, but I just never felt like I fit in. So I decided to go deep into uh, improving my Spanish. My dad's from Mexico. He immigrated when he's 15. So like I spoke poorly, but I didn't quite fit anywhere. Kind of a typical Chicano experience and decided to go really learn Spanish in earnest um, go study abroad in Spain, um, take Chicano literature classes, which were some of my favorite. So again, these things like no one ever wrote down for me. I had no idea I'd be a CMO or a CEO down the road. I had no master plan, but again, the detours made all the difference. And so the identity element is important because in marketing, we really have to think about how do you move someone, right? Like, how do you move someone? What makes them tick? 
And if you haven't done that own your own introspection in your life, then it might be a little harder to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So in a weird kind of way, me growing up bicultural and, you know, code switching as a matter of course between different groups, that's actually super valuable as a marketing person, right? Like to to walk into a different audience or persona and start speaking their language and being identified as one of that 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 group, that's incredibly powerful. And so I feel like I actually had a little bit of an advantage because of that in marketing, because I've marketed to all different buyers. I've marketed to CFOs. I've marketed to heads of product, to developers, to marketers, to salespeople. And to me, it's not like it sounds hard, but like if you understand some of those premises about identity um, and self kind of self-actualization, then it's kind of easy to unlock that key. You have to work with people, right? Like to be successful in, in like leading anything, you have to be able to connect with many different people. And in marketing on our teams, we have artists that are in the brand team. We have engineers on the growth engineering team and we have all points in between and we have to be able to get along, work with, and sometimes inspire people that are very different from us. And so that element of social, again, like it sounds trivial that, that I wanted to go party, but that was true. Like I needed an environment where I could talk to a lot of different people and, um, and that brought me energy. So again, Mechanical engineering is one of the three building blocks in my story. It is probably one of the more unusual ones on my road to CMO, but I think it's really helped. That's the connection. And uh, and I, I still lean on those skills all the time. Speaking of coding, so it's interesting because one of the things that I don't uh, actually talk about as much, um, I don't know why, but um, in college I was, a, uh, and a little bit after college, I was a programmer. And, uh, and I respect everything that you were just talking about, about how, you know, it, it raises the conversation uh, to uh, a deeper connection with, you know, the, the people that you're talking to when you're building product and doing things. And now my, my reason for programming was actually because it got an F on a jazz paper and the, the link to the site went down. So I had to go get HTML books, rebuild a website and send it to the professor so that he would actually give me reverse my grade to an A because, because that was the only way that I was going to get my, uh, my grade back. But then I thought, wow, this programming stuff's pretty cool. So I started, started programming. Uh, long story short, I respect, you know, anybody that it, that, that can really create, you know, that kind of conversation having that mechanical engineering background certainly does that, uh, for sure. And I'm also curious about, um, you know, your your background as, as a marketing leader at startups, too, because one of the things that, um, you know, you know at, at startups is that you're always, um, you know, trying to do a lot with a little um, at most startups, maybe not all, but most of them. What is one thing you wish every startup, you know, CEO understood about marketing or particularly its role in an early stage business like that? Yeah, this is a wonderful question. I have um, had the chance to work at uh, five companies, mostly early stage other than Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce was already quite big when I was there. Um, but I've worked in a 10-person startup. I've worked uh, as employee number 28, uh, sometimes first, first marketer in the door. And it's a really good question because I think a lot of times uh, – CEOs, especially younger CEOs that maybe 
uh, haven't been, you know, working for years and years around marketers or maybe that they're technical, they may not be well informed on what marketing is, um, what the scope of marketing is and what it can do for a business and how integral it could be. So I've been thinking hard about it again, 20 years in, uh, still, I'm still work in progress, still learning every day. Um, but I think there's a, like a couple messages I would uh, communicate with a CEO, and I do this a lot, even in my consulting practice. And that is number one: marketing is not just advertising, right? It's not just LinkedIn or Google Ads. It's not just SEO. It's not just promotion. If you go to the, the kind of the the principles of marketing, everyone here has probably heard of the four P's. But it's surprising not all CEOs have heard that. So I usually walk them through. Here's, here's the basic building blocks of marketing. Here's the scope. It's product marketing, right? It's communicating the benefits and unique value proposition of your solution to an ideal customer profile and enabling your salespeople to, do, to have those conversations. Obviously, product marketing is a lot more expansive than that, but I try to like boil it down for CEOs. Uh, the second P, pricing. And I say pricing and packaging. You know, marketing is also responsible for value engineering. And what we mean is value creation and value capture, i.e. monetization. How we make money is incredibly important to the business. And of course, it's not just down to marketing, right? But oftentimes, um, in the marketing teams I run, we're responsible for it um, or run the council that includes the CFO, the head of sales, the CEO. But pricing is a huge component of marketing. Then we talk about placement, which, of course, it's kind of a B2C term, but in B2B land, what I usually talk about with uh, especially early stage CEOs is it's about designing your market entry. You might have a vision to go change the world, but you've got to start somewhere and you can't boil the ocean. You don't have the resources. So how do you start and where? Um, which product or does, what segment does your product fit best? You know, one company I joined, they thought it was SMB. Turns out the product was super powerful and it actually hit enterprise better, right? No one knew that. We didn't kind of, we had to test our way into that. Um, how do you reach those, those buyers? Um, that's that's often a big part of marketing. And then promotion. Okay, of course, yeah, it's ad, ads, but it's really poem, right? It's paid, owned, and earned media. Um, you know, we're going to be generating a lot of thought leadership content. Um, these are all things that marketing should do. So outside of the four P's, what I often try to talk about as well with CEOs is the responsibilities are even broader than the four P's because I think a really big element for marketing is um, gathering intel and synthesizing what ha what is happening in the market, uh, what's happening with your competitors, what's happening with your your customers. You know, things change all the time. Markets change, competitors change, your product changes. You need someone who's actually responsible for detecting the changes. Uh, so many times I'm in companies where we're super heads down on execution mode, and then the world is changing around us and we're not really detecting it. And so, again, I say this is one of marketing's core jobs. Sometimes we bake it into the, the role of the product marketing team if it's a small team. It's a larger team. You actually should have some dedicated capabilities, either in-house or outside of that company, that's going to help you detect in a methodical way, not just like a Google alert, but like way deeper than that. Because if you if you're getting caught flat-footed 
in a big technology disruption or a big competitor disruption, like God save you, it doesn't matter what marketing tactics you execute, right? Like you have to be on top of it. So again, that market sensing and reaction and action taking is a big part of marketing. Another big part, which again, thanks to some books that have come out in the last few years, category development, category evangelism, category disruption, like it's not just about marketing the product, it's about placing that product within a known category that has category benefits and you standing out in that category. So I think a lot of CEOs now are more into that. What they may not realize is marketing has a huge role in that, right? Like it's a joint joint effort with the CEO and the CMO and the marketing team to help shape that. Sometimes you bring in outsiders to help you think through those problems. And then another one that people forget about all the time is internal communications. Now, some CEOs are fabulous communicators and some are terrible, right? Like let's be honest, there's some that just need help. And so again, communication is uh, should be a core skill that the marketing team lends to the company, right? And that's so important because in these fast growing startups, like getting your team fired up and excited and aligned, that is no trivial matter. And that's an area that again, marketing can help. So again, message number one, marketing isn't just advertising. Um, there's another question, another kind of couple of things that I try to share with um, CEOs and some are quite open to it. And that is um, marketing, great marketing takes a village, right? And it takes a village because there's so many skills required in marketing to do it effectively. Um, you could have, like, again, you, on a marketing team, it's typical to have an artist, like a designer, uh, a content writer, content ed editor. It's normal to have someone that's super technical. Sometimes if you have a growth team, they're going to be the, the growth side. Uh, sometimes you're running websites internally. So you have people that are super deep on HTML. Um, right now, there's so much tech stack. Like you got to have someone that's pretty, pretty much an engineer on the team, like to really do automated workflows. And so again, like I think a lot of the times, again, if you're working with a founder or an executive team that hasn't been around marketing, they may not understand what all those roles are and what all those skills are and what it takes. And so our job as marketing leaders is to describe what it takes and why and making sure that we have the appropriate resources and skill sets on the team to go do big marketing. So that's kind of message number two, marketing takes a village. Uh, message number three, and this is one I'm going to, I totally going to get on my um, soapbox about because here in Silicon Valley, a lot of the talk around early stage go to market teams goes like this. Okay. CEOs, founders supposed to get the company to 1 million by selling, like doing their own sales. And then your first hire, once you get a little bit of funding is you go hire uh, an AE, a salesperson. And then, you know, they're going to get like you to 3 million. And then, and then maybe you hire a marketer. Maybe it's a junior marketer. And I think that's hogwash, right? Like it's just, it just doesn't, it logically doesn't make sense in my experience, my experience doing this a bunch of times says otherwise. So here's the thing. You could go high. Let's, let's first do the hypothetical. Okay. Go hire a salesperson before a marketer. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to get in seat. All they've got is an email address and a telephone, okay? So they're gonna cold call for a company that has no brand because you're new, may not be positioned in a category, has no proof points, has no assets. Like, 
I'm pretty sure that AE doesn't even want that sort of job, right? Like the good AEs that I've worked with, they're like, we need to get you in before we sit down. And why is that? Well, if you think about it from a buyer journey standpoint, like getting a cold email from a company you've never heard about in a category you haven't heard about, like the, the, the chances of you responding are really low. Okay, so um, your success, while people do this, they try to brute, brute force cold email their way or cold outbound their way. And sometimes that can work if you have a really hot market or if you have a product that just solves an insanely big and known problem, that can work. But most often, that's not the situation. Most often, products need to get marketed and sold. But typically, like you first have to drive interest up in a category or develop a new one or disrupt an existing. That takes time, right? You need to like start nurturing leads and getting them in a sales-ready uh, state. And that takes time and effort. So again, like I'll, I'll go back to Trey.io where I, I started. I think the company was like, there's 10 people. I was the first person in the door in marketing. We had 30 non-paying customers. We had $7 million Series A. We even had a really good SDR and he's like going all out, but we had really not a lot, right? So what did I have to do? I first had to go call the 30 non-paying customers understanding why they were using our product. Like, why did you buy is the first question. Why buy anything? Uh, why did you have to buy it now? And then why did you buy us? And in this case, it's why did you use us or use us for free, right? So you have to understand these things. You have to develop then, you know, a, a pitch deck. You have to get some proof points down. You have to like create some stuff that your salesperson can use to sell. Like, you know, some salespeople could sell without any assets, but it's few and far between. Most of them will, will like to have proof points, like to have a customer story or two, like to like do a cold, like a, a warm phone call. Like maybe that prospect's heard about the company before. Isn't that better than not hearing about the company? So again, I think there's this or there, the order of operations and building a company is incredibly important. And my soapbox is founders should hire a marketer first before hiring salespeople because salespeople need marketers, right? To be more effective. So that's like, I think message number three. Um, and we'll, we'll leave it at there. That's my three kind of soapboxes, right? Like scope of marketing, when to use marketing and like, it takes a lot of people. You know, and then now we've got AI and AI is the new thing on the scene maybe not so new, but it's it's coming onto the scene much more quickly than anything else that we've seen before, I think you'll agree. And so, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I want to talk about that a little bit because I think we'd be remiss if we didn't. Um, you know, it's getting a ton of attention uh, right now. And while the, the, there's a huge hype about uh, generative AI and making it this thing that is going to help drive marketing platforms and you know, how, how it's going to work to potentially to replace people or, uh, or add on to what we're already doing on marketing platforms. Um, you know, where do you see the, the next phase of, of marketing AI going and should we, should we be nervous? Should we be excited? Are marketing leaders preparing for both themselves and their teams? Where, where do you sit on that? AI, uh, AI for marketing is super exciting. I think it's wonderful. Uh, I think it's going to help marketers like 
do more with less. And those marketers that seize the new tools have a competitive edge. Um, so I'm an aggressive adopter of new technology because if you're just using the old marketing stack, like that's not going to provide you much of an advantage. So one of the ways I, I, I think about marketing and lead marketing teams is a company needs to set up their own um, moat and competitive advantage company-wide, but a marketing team needs to do it at a marketing level perspective as well. So how do you, how do you create a moat in marketing? Uh, well, just like in a company, you either have a better strategy, you have better people, you have better pro process or better technology. And usually you try to have more than one good thing. So I think uh, generative AI is probably, you know, it's it's taken the kind of public's attention by storm. It's being talked about at Fortune 500 boardrooms uh, in the CMO groups that I'm in. It's the talk of the town there. And what I'd say is like, at least with the CMOs that I'm talking with and the groups that I'm listening into, uh, people are aggressively trying stuff out. Um, and I think there's two things. One is like boards and CEOs are, again, coming back to my earlier point, are expecting their marketing team to be sensing changes in the market. Uh, sometimes the changes are technolo technologically driven, um, but your, your job in marketing is to feel the market, synthesize it and seize opportunity. And this is a great opportunity. So I know there was some fear in, uh, especially in the creative teams, they felt like, oh no, is this going to displace my job? There is no way that like CMOs are going to fire anyone, right? Like we're so, the teams are so thin as it is. I think it really just gives people a little bit of a relief from the the blank page issue, which I face all the time when I try to sit down and write a blog post. Um, and I think it's really wonderful. So I, I guess I'm pro-technology. Um, it'll definitely, there's, you know, it'll shape companies, uh, there'll be winners and losers, but I think the loser strategy is to not try it out, right? Like you could try it and maybe it doesn't work for your team, but dedicate like a day uh, every couple weeks for your team to just fiddle around and tinker and try some of the new tools. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm lucky because in my um, Bright Growth Consulting practice, I advise some early stage companies, uh, two of which are built with AI. Um, one is Tribal and they um, take uh, call recordings and emails and listen to the content and summarize why a buyer is buying. And like, that's a miracle because I'm a big proponent of Gong and Chorus, love those tools, could finally get some insight on what's happening in deals, but you can never sit down and listen to all the calls. Like if you listen to five, you're like doing great. Um, but in your, if you're in a company that has a lot of deals happening, a lot of calls happening, there's no way to synthesize what the hell is going on in the marketplace. So you could take AI and ML and synthesize that into reasons why people are buying. Now this, this to me is the holy grail. That's why I was so excited to work with that company um, because synthesis of what's happening is what marketing should be doing, but it's incredibly hard without technology. Um, there's another company I advise that um, uses AI to improve negotiations. The company's called Ozeki. Like think, think about, you know, marketing gets it, but sales gets it even more. And that is in a B2B sale, most of the time there's a negotiated deal and there's red lines, 
and you have to send it over to your general counsel and they go argue with the other general counsel and they back and forth, weeks pass and your head of sales is like, I got to close this deal, where's this deal? And it's stuck in red lines and it's total disaster zone of slowing down deals. Turns out you can bring in AI and AI is really good at studying words, really good at um, optimizing complex situations. And turns out you could use technology for better, more efficient negotiations that are a win-win. The point in negotiations isn't to like kill the other party, but to come to a negotiated place that's better for everyone. Um, and so I'm really excited about some of the ways AI is getting used. And there's a ton of new ideas. It's just like in startup land, there's so many ideas happening right now. And not all of them are going to work. And like, to your point about trends, like I think about the trends that didn't really pan out. Anyone remember Second Life back in like circa 2006 to eight? Like that was, you know, all the rage for a you know, year or two. And there's other things that come and go. And we don't, oh, in hindsight, they're easy to spot and ridicule. But when they're happening, you're not, you're not quite sure. So I'd say t take a half day. Go, go check it out. There's other, there's people that are already spinning up a lot of like, learning opportunities and events for marketing and AI, you know, you should check out some of those. And I think just talk to your peers, right? Like I've benefited a lot from some of the CMO groups that I'm in, some of the CEO groups as well. And um, you gotta, I mean, here we are, we're, we're technology marketers, right? Like you gotta get ahead and stay ahead and use, use, use new technology, not as a cost, but as a weapon, right? That's, that's the message is use technology as a weapon to win. Thank you, Alex so much for for being here for sharing your time with everybody and um you know we'll share a lot about you in in the uh, coming weeks and and i hope everybody gets a chance a chance if you don't know him already get to know him because uh uh, uh you know this is just the tip of the iceberg there's so much more that we didn't get to cover um so thank you once again for spending time on Leadtail tv and and for uh sharing your insights really appreciate it Oh, thanks, Brian. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks to Leetel for the uh, invitation. I really, really enjoyed it.